It's The Principle with Pastor Mac, where we learn the heart of God through the mind of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am your host, Pastor Mac. Join me as we dive into the passages of Scripture and find out how principles from God's Word give us the power to overcome the problems of life. Hello, everyone. So glad to be back with you. Um, sorry I didn't get a podcast out last week. It was holiday week, and and I took a little time off and wasn't able to get one prepared before I went out of town or, or took some time off. But I'm so glad you're with me today. I, uh, I'm going to do something a little different today. And it's really uh, a little uncomfortable for me to be honest with you. I, I am going to talk to you about a book I've written. Um, most of you who listen to this podcast are aware of it, but maybe some of you who don't um, need to know that I have written a book. Uh, it's called Freedom from the Taskmaster, and it's my first one. And I got to tell you, I'm very excited about it. Uh, it, it, uh, so I want to talk to you about it a little bit today and, and, uh, and tell you that if you, if you haven't had a chance to, to read it, or if you didn't even know about it, uh, you can order it through our church website, my church that I pastor, Spirit Walk Ministries. Uh, if you'll go to spiritwalkministries.com and go to the about uh, or the leadership and you'll find where I am in there under my uh, under mine and my wife's Christy, uh, under our photo, you'll see it says Pastor Max Ministries, and you can go through there and order that uh, order that online. Or if you'll reach out to me at Pastor Mac, P A S T O R M A C K seven one at gmail.com and let me know you're interested. I will get with you and get you a copy of this book. Um, again, the title of the book is Freedom from the Taskmaster. And I want to give you just some thoughts about it, the inspiration behind it, how it developed, those kind of things, and uh, and hopefully just share a couple of things with you that that even in talking about the book, well, one, um, whet your appetite to, to purchase the book, but two, maybe pull some things from it that would help you today. Uh, so let me start with the inspiration for the book. Uh, I did a series, I believe it was last year, early last year, uh, for my church, a sermon series called uh, uh, The Wilderness. And it started with a verse, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. Um this is the burning bush experience where Moses is out in the, the, the desert and runs across a burning bush that the bush is burning, but it is not consumed. Um, it catches his attention, uh, probably would catch mine too. And the Lord speaks to him. You all have probably seen it in movies or heard about it or heard it preached about where the Lord tells him to take off his shoes. He's standing on holy ground, um, all of that. And in Exodus 3, 7, the Lord says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And, and that verse I noticed, it didn't say I've heard their cry because of their slavery. I've heard their cry because of the nation of Egypt. It didn't say I've heard their cries because of the Pharaoh it didn't say I've heard their cries because of the people treating them poorly or, um, 
or people coming against them or unfair treatment from the people of the nation, none of that. He specifically says, I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. And and something about that phrase and and God using that specifically just it, it just piqued my interest. Why would God specifically say the taskmasters? Why not the Pharaoh? Why not the oppressive system? Why not the people of uh, of Egypt? Why not even the nation of Egypt? He doesn't mention any of those. He specifically mentions the taskmasters. And so it got me just, I got to thinking about it and studying on it. And, and it really, it, it got me, I got to digging and it started me in the process of one following the taskmaster throughout the book of Exodus and how they are used and, and how, when they are mentioned. And it was a couple of things that, uh, again, and in that process, and I'll get to that in just a minute, but in that process, it began to click a, in a, for a few things personally. Uh, issues I'd had in my life, issues that I'd had in my past, and how they just never seemed to go away and how they never seemed to struggle. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit began just to, to reveal to me and make the connections uh, in, in my spirit about things in my personal life. And so as I began to preach this series, it's so connected and resonated with me personally that it really came out of a, a, a heart of passion and compassion for, for, for the people that I, I minister to every Sunday here at Spirit Walk. And the people responded. It, it, it really, there, there was such a uh, response from the people coming to the altar going home and doing some self-assessments and the Lord showing them things about their lives. And, and it really just was an amazing time of, uh, revival in my church, not, not revival like you hear about where, uh, the miracles and, and, and those kind of things, but a revival of the spirit where people really connected or came closer to the Lord and, and really woke up spiritually um, which is really the definition of revival, right? Um, they really woke up spiritually. I preached it, I think, for about six or seven weeks, um, just going through Exodus and and make connecting the dots like I've never done before. And it really, again, when I've sat down and, and as I would study it, it just continued to minister to me personally. And so when I so when I finished the series, it just I, I called my father in law who, who who I talked to a lot. He pastored for twenty years, and and uh, my first um, my first go at uh, any kind of pastoral ministry was a, as an intern for him, and just began to talk to him and kind of pour out my heart and, and tell him I really think that there was something to this. And it as we talked, just kind of the idea of I should write this this book about this, this through, from this series kind of developed. And I know a lot of pastors do that, but a lot of pastors that do that are pastors that one have names, right? The big names and I could name them. Um, two usually have larger churches, uh, and are more well-known, but it just, it just, something just birthed in me and I felt like I needed to. And so as I began to write it, I, I wanted to first, make that personal connection. So my first chapter is, is there something wrong with me? Uh, and in there, I start off with a joke that, that I even make here at the, 
at Spirit Walk that I was saved 842 times as a teenager. And I talk about the back and forth of going to the altar, giving my heart to the Lord, and doing great for a while, and then doing something stupid on a Friday or Saturday night that almost all teenagers do, and feeling like I had completely lost it all, that I was I was lost and going to hell and would go back to church on a Sunday and give my heart to the Lord again. And then I'd end up going to church camp and giving my heart to the Lord every summer at church camp and, and just the process and this whole back and forth. And it was a struggle. It was a real struggle. And, and it was a struggle mostly because I knew what I should be doing. And I wasn't. And it was a struggle because there was things in my life that the enemy had connect had had had, had um, tempted me with at a young age that just never really went away. And so that's the how it starts. Is there something wrong with me? And I think that that's how a lot of people feel. Is there something wrong with them? They've got an issue that just doesn't seem to go away, whether it's pornography or greed or lust or anger or jealousy or pride or hatred or whatever it may be. And they, and they had these things that they seem like they'll, they'll, you know, and, and I pastor a Pentecostal church and grew up Pentecostal and they'll come to, they'll go to the altar and, and they'll have the folks, you know, slapping them on the back and, and shouting in their ear and, and they'll walk away and, and, testify that they've been delivered and then two months later they're right back into it and, and I'm not I'm not trying to disparage emotional uh, responses in the altar at all I thank God for them um, I'm an emotional preacher I'm an emotional man and so I'm thankful for those things but if it's strictly emotion, then that's where the problem lies. That we we feel good. We kind of we kind of dump our 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 guilt or our uh, shame, and we dump it at the altar, and and we feel good for a while. We walk high with our head up held high and shoulders back, and we feel good for a while and think everything is great. Uh, but then we we end up falling right back into the same old stuff, and and and, and there's there's something deeper to it. There's something more to it than just a feel good experience at the altar. And that's what this whole series was about. And that's what this book is about. And it's so easy as children of God, right? We, we know the big baddie out there, right? The big bad uh, is Satan. And it's so easy just to say, it's all Satan's fault. Satan tries to come at me or Satan tempts me or Satan does this or Satan does that. And, um, and I, I, I hate to burst anybody's spiritual bubble, um, but Satan has bigger fish to fry than you and me. And so it's not Satan directly that comes at us, but he's not stupid either. And he, he has things, he has minions or he has demons or he has fallen angels at his disposal um, that, that watch us and see us and, and try to come. Uh, combat against us and try to, uh, you know, trip us up and those kind of things. And, 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 and the enemy and the enemy Satan uses things of the world, right? Um, 
things you see, uh, things that are out there in a magazine or, well, it was a magazine when I was growing up. Now it's could be on your phone, but, um, you know, things you see on the computer or, uh, uh, things you can watch on television or things at the workplace or people at the workplace uh, that are out there. And uh, the enemy uses those situations to try, or it may not even be the enemy. It could just be somebody. It could just be something out there that is out there that can, uh, can attach itself to our spirit. And unless we, unless we get true deliverance on the inside, in our hearts, in our very souls, just because we go to the altar and just and 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 get an emotional uh, relief, like an emotional therapy session, unless we get something deeper than than just emotion, that thing that we think we've been delivered from is going to come right back. And that's the taskmaster in your life. Satan is not your taskmaster. If you have an issue with lust, that is your taskmaster. If you have an issue with greed or pride or jealousy or anger or or whatever it may be, that is your taskmaster. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's jealousy. Whatever it may be, that is your taskmaster. And Satan can sit right back because... Uh, if you've been listening to some of the things I've been talking about in this podcast, we are prone. What's that old song? Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Um, by our very nature, because we're flesh, we're prone to go toward those things. And and it takes discipline and uh, it takes effort to to go toward the Lord, to follow him, to to follow his ways. And so there are things out in the world that are just out there. They're things of the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life that that have a spiritual aspect and they can connect themselves to us, to our spirits. And once they're connected, they don't tend to let go. And so they 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 bring burdens in our lives and they, they bring heaviness to our spirit and they bring anguish to our soul and they become taskmasters in our lives. And so that's what this book is about. It's about those things in life that, that tend to stick to us. And so in the book, uh, the, I do the book in three parts. I do it as one, the first part, part one is the problem. Part two is the promise. Part three is the process. And in the problem, I talk about how we as children of God, how we how we allow ourselves, and, and let's be honest, it's, we allow ourselves, because once we're children of God, we have everything that we need to have victory and freedom. But we allow ourselves to be duped by the enemy. We allow ourselves to be uh, uh, deceived by the enemy. That's hard to admit. We allow ourselves to be fooled, but I'm not even going to get into that. We allow ourselves to be duped by the enemy into thinking, into thinking a certain way, or thinking that the Word of God is is not enough, or that that I need I need more than that. And and we uh, we get lazy, um, and we get 
because we get lazy, we don't read, we and we allow ourselves to get duped by the enemy. And when we do, he brings those things into our lives. They they connect to us, and that's the taskmaster. And that's the problem. And so in the book, I talk about how, uh, uh, in fact, chapter two is when blessings are not blessings. Um, and how because we have, uh, particularly in the Western world, because we have had so much prosperity, and, and I, I don't mean a million dollars in the bank and three cars and you know all that kind of stuff, um, but we don't have third world problems for the most part in the Western world. They're all first world problems. And we have been so blessed, we've gotten lazy. And when we get lazy, it allows us to get lazy, not just in our spiritual discipline, but we get lazy in our thinking. We get lazy in our minds. We get lazy with our thought life and our thought patterns. And, and that allows the enemy to come in and to dupe the body of Christ, to, to deceive us. And, and when he does that, he, he, that opens the door for the taskmasters to come in and to attach, him, attach themselves to us and to our spirits. And so that introduces the problem. That introduces the taskmaster. And, and I talk about, uh, in fact, um, if you go to, uh, I'm not going to go there because I don't, I don't have time, but if you go to one, the first time that Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, I'm not going to let my people go. And, and you know the story. After Moses leaves, Pharaoh turns to the taskmasters and says, the people don't have enough to do. They need to be busier. So up the load and take away some of the supplies the, the, that, that we give them. I don't want to preach, but folks, when what so often happens is when we start, when we come to the Lord and we start looking for freedom in our lives, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, again, because we have all these first world problems, not third world problems, we don't have to worry about where we're going to find food, um, but we get these first world problems. If we're not disciplined in our lives, if we have free time, uh, the old saying is, what, idle hands are the devil's workshop, idle mind is the devil's workshop, something like that. If we get free time, what will happen is, is that those things that used to be in our lives or those things that are still attached to us will start to take our time. But when it does, it starts removing from us the things that sustain us. Because it takes more and more of what that taskmaster is in our lives for us to feel like we need to we need to go. If you if if drugs is your taskmaster, it takes more drugs, right? We we if it uh, if it's uh, lust, it takes more things to satisfy that lust, and it and it grows and it grows, and um, and so it becomes heavier and heavier on us, and that's exactly what. He, is described in Exodus when Moses goes to Pharaoh says, let my people go. Pharaoh tells taskmasters, put more on them and take away some of the things that, that we supply. And so, uh, so that's, that describes part one, the problem. And then I go to the promise. And in that, that is to me, some, there are some things in there that I've never heard preached on, never heard taught on. And so I want to give you, uh, give you a little, um, Hopefully, again, a little something to pique your interest or, interest or whet your appetite. I want to bring about two points about the promise. One, uh, 
Did you know that the Lord gave Moses three signs to take to the children of Israel to prove that God had sent him? Remember, Moses said, who do I tell him sent me? And God said, tell him I am that I am. And Moses says, that's not going to be enough. I need more to be able to tell them. And so God says, God says, you know, at the burning bush, what do you have in your hand? And he throws down the, the rod, right? And it becomes a serpent. Everybody knows that one. And he picks up the serpent and it becomes a rod again. The second one, some people know. He sticks his hand inside his, his uh, cloak and he pulls it out and it's white leprous. Um, and then he sticks it back in his cloak and pulls it out and it's normal again. Some people know that. I don't know of anybody that knows the third sign that God gave Moses. And I've never heard it preached on and I've never heard it taught on. Well, in this book, I, I tell I talk about that third sign and I talk about the, the importance of it. And I talk about the importance of all three signs and what they mean to you, deliverance, body, soul, and spirit. Um, and so, uh, if you're curious about that, get the book. Um, but then there are a couple of other things in this whole, the promise pro, uh, part of the book. It, there's an interesting passage, and again, I'm not going to go into all of them and do a whole bunch of in-depth study, where the Lord tells Moses, if they do not hear the voice of these signs, he says the signs have a voice. What does that mean? And so I talk about that in the book and what it means, and again, what it means to you. And that's the thing, see, that's the thing. Is that if it, if I can't relate it to you, if I can't bring it to where you are on Monday morning or Friday night, if I can't bring it to where you are in the middle of your situation with whatever it is that's in your life that's bringing you down and bogging you down and tripping you up, then I, all I've done is written uh, an academic work. But I'm telling you, folks, it's more than that. It's not just an academic work. It is for you and what you're going through and where you are. So, so get the book. I'm telling you, it's, it's going to bless you. The third part of the book, after the problem and the promise, I talk about the process. And the process is where I, I go through Moses and the children of Israel getting freedom from the Pharaoh, freedom from the taskmasters and leaving Egypt and how that entails, what that means. And I do a, I do a, uh, I try to do a brief part on all 10 of the plagues that, that God sends by Moses hand into Egypt, different parts about them, what they represent, um, not only what they represent to uh, to the to the Egyptians because they had they they had significance to the Egyptians because each one of the plagues was important to one of their gods, but I brought up some different points in the plagues themselves. Did you know there were some plagues that affected both the Egyptians and the children of Israel, and there were some plagues that affected just the Egyptians, and um, and so I talk about that and there's a process to it. And so that's the fact the third part of the book is called the process. So, um, and then as the children of Israel go to leave, I, I talk about the importance of Pharaoh coming back after them and 
chasing them all the way to the Red Sea. And I talk, and then I end with them going through the Red Sea, what that means, and, and going from there. And so, uh, and so I want to just encourage you. I want to encourage you. Uh, get get the book, and if you have any questions about anything that that uh, in the book or any of my podcast, if you have anything you'd like to hear about in my podcast, uh, get my thoughts on something. Uh, again, email me. Email me at Pastor Mac P A S T O R M A C K seven one at gmail dot com, and uh, I would love I, I would love to interact and. Uh, and even, like I said, if you have some questions or thoughts in your heart and mind that you maybe would like to get my insight on or or at least get my opinion on, I'd be happy to do that. Um, again, I, I I really feel strongly about what I'm doing here and, and want to reach out and help you any way I can. So it's freedom from the taskmaster. Uh, it, it's funny uh, when I preach, I get through every sermon and I, I sit down on Sunday afternoons and I go, Boy, I should have said this, or I shouldn't have said that, or could have gone here. Any as well prepared as I try to be when I preach, there's always something. And uh, as I finished this book and went back through it, there's there's so many things I could have added and could have done that that I am uh, now working on my second book, and and I'm going to come back to this at some point in time and do a sequel to Freedom from the Taskmaster, uh, and so. If you've gotten the book, if you've read it, uh, please, if if you didn't like it, well, still let me know because I, I want to do better. Um, but if you liked it, if there were things about it you liked or anything that you had questions about, if you've read it, reach out to me and let me know. Send me an email, uh, call the church, call me, whatever. Um, again, because I don't, one, I don't want to be just speaking to the wind or these four walls that are around me. Two, I don't want to say something that's not going to help. It's not going to challenge you or that's not going to encourage you or not going to instruct you or, or any of those kind of things. I, I want to be that for you. And so, uh, so if you have any questions or any thoughts, again, reach out to me, please let me know. And if you haven't, again, if you haven't gotten a copy of the book, freedom from the, ta- this will be the only time I do this, by the way, unless I write another book and it gets published. Um, because I, I, I don't like the the self-promotion. Uh, it, uh, like I said, I've really been uncomfortable doing this. But Freedom from the Taskmaster, you can get it by ordering uh, direct from me, PastorMax71 at gmail.com. You can go to Derek Press. You can order it through there. That's the publishing house that did it. Uh, or you can order it through the church website, spiritwalkministries.com. Go to the uh, leadership and find my tab, and you will see under there Pastor Max Ministries. Uh, and I just want to re- I just want to encourage you today. I just want to end with this: that the Scripture said, Jesus said, "Whom the Son therefore has set free is free indeed." God intends for you to be free and to live in freedom and walk in freedom and to experience freedom, and freedom in your body, and freedom in your heart, freedom in your mind, and freedom in your soul, and freedom in your spirit. But I also know we have an enemy, and we have a world that we live in that is doing everything it can to keep us in bondage. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're experiencing any kind of bondage in your life, Jesus Christ can set you free, even if you're already saved. 
There is, and there's something in your life that's kept keeping you bound. Jesus Christ can set you free. So if I can help you with that, reach out to me. I'd love to pray for you. And again, if you have any questions, let me know. If not, we will pick back up next week uh, with the next subject that we'll be talking about. Uh, in the meantime, love you and talk to you soon.